So I'm not going to take you through a whole lot of scripture, but we're going to stay with some really good meat. But I'm going to pray before we get started, but let me get myself lined up here. I'm super excited. You guys are much bigger than my normal audience in the best of ways, right? <laughs> so I think I'm so excited that Pastor Barb, I, that I have this opportunity because I think being getting still is something that I had to work really hard at. So I'm excited to maybe give you guys a little nugget that might help you um, get more out of the stillness you already have or maybe even find some more stillness you didn't even know was within you. So first we're going to pray. We're going to pray, Father God, I just thank you for this opportunity. I thank you for the words that you have given me that I have put to this paper, Father God. And I just ask that your anointing flow and Holy Spirit, I just ask that your words be those that come from my mouth. Nothing less, Father God, nothing more. Just exactly what you have for these people that are here tonight, Lord, and I just thank you for the opportunity for you and trusting me with this moment, and I just give you all the praise and all the glory for the things that you are doing in us, for us, and through us. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so getting still, that's my title, and we're going to start off in Psalms 46, not a specific uh, verse, but the whole enchilada, okay? So how do we get still? Ooh, and how can we be still? Because how many people know that getting still and being still, those are kind of different things, right? One comes before the other, especially when everything around us is like constantly in motion, right? Everything. So we're going to look at Psalms 46, and if Titus will pull it up for me, I'm going to start reading just from verse 1. It says, God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake. Selah. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her. She will not fail. God will help her at break of day. Nations are in an uproar. Kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice. The earth melts. Come and see the works of the Lord, the desolations that he has brought on the earth. He makes war cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shield with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Woo, praise God, right? That, ah. There's two things that I love here. I love Selah. I love that, like that, which means to pause, which we'll kind of get into a little bit later. And then I also like when it says um, that the earth melts Woo, at his word. That's so cool, right? I want to melt like that. When God just calls to me instinctively in a moment, I don't care what I'm in the middle of, if he calls out to me, I want to melt, just like the ice on the sidewalk here today, right? <laughs> but this is one of my life verses. Verse 10, be still and know that I am God. And boy, did I have to really struggle to learn that. And I'm still learning that, right? Because we never really arrive until we're before the Lord, right? We're always a work in progress, but he is good to what finished the work that he began, right? Praise God. So my other verse that I love is trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. Is it our responsibility to make our path straight? Nope. It's his responsibility. What is our responsibility? To trust and to lean on him with the absence of understanding. That's hard. Raise your hand if you think that's hard. That is so hard. Just a few of us. Well, I'll raise both of mine and my, and my feet. That is hard because in our culture, we want to have understanding, don't we? We should understand everything. Think about a kid in school. You know, they're trying to learn math, and they just don't get it. Or they're trying to tell time. That's even probably a harder thing. Time is a, it is a developmental thing. It clicks when it clicks. 
no joke intended with the clicking of time, but a kid either gets it or they don't, and you're not gonna be able to show them a clock and tell them over and over again until it actually clicks with them. And then when it does, it's like, oh my gosh, the light bulb goes off. So that's how, that's how I wanna be with God. I just wanna, I wanna just click, I wanna be there, right? I don't want it to take a long time, and, I don't, and it's okay if I don't have understanding. It is all right. Let that liberate you, because it liberated me. It really did. Trying to do that. So that's a lot, right? That verse is a lot to unpack, isn't it? So we're gonna kinda, I'm gonna kinda go line by line. I'm gonna take you through the revelation I got when this verse just sort of like leapt off the page. You know how a word is, you read a word and you read a word, and then all of a sudden it's like, whoa, this word is like, it's alive, almost dancing on the page. Like that was kind of that moment for me. So God is our refuge and our strength, ever present help in trouble. So refuge, our safe place, right? God is our protector. Hence why he says refuge, right? Because in refuge, you're protected and you're safe and you can feel confident in that, right? When we surrender, we are alone. We are, we are allowing his strength to build us up, right? To build our trust, to build our reliance, right? Just to build just our mere confidence that he is with us, right? That's sometimes that's hard to remember when we feel alone and isolated, right? But that's not what God wants for us. He wants us in those moments where we feel that way to go what? Go back to his refuge and know that we're safe there and we're not alone, right? That he is always with us. And no matter what the circumstance is, whether it's positive or it's negative, he's right there with us, standing right there with us, right? So we're never, we may be, we may be um, alone in the physical, but we are never lonely in the spiritual, right? Never, okay? So therefore, we will fear not, it goes on. We will trust and rely on, the, on God. That's, that's it right there. Don't have fear, because if you're trusting and relying, then you should be absent of fear, right? And you know, I was talking to Nate, Pastor Paul, and he, fear, he says, well, you know what Pastor Paul says about fear. I said, what? He says, false evidence appearing real. And I was like, wow, that's so good. You're right. He didn't say that before. So I was like, that's kind of a, a cool little nugget right there from you, from Pastor Paul. And you'll kind of hear me throughout here. There's a little bit of Pastor Barb in here, some of Pastor Paul in here, some of my husband in here. There's some, a little bit of everybody in here, which is kind of nice, right? Because guess what? It takes a village to raise this girl, okay? I'm not going to discount myself there. So it says, the earth gives way, which is making reference to how unstable we are in ourselves. I'm not stable, but I am stable with him. But we have to acknowledge that we're not stable on our own. And sometimes we don't want to do that because it makes us feel weak, right? It makes us feel like we can't stand up and that our foundation will never be solid. And that's okay. It's not supposed to be on our own. It's supposed to be only with him. So it's okay that you feel that way, but acknowledge it and get to a place where he allows you to feel that solid ground that he wants you to have underneath him, okay? Then it says, mountains fall into the heart of the sea. Now, mountains can be things that are positive and negative. Like a mountain can be something you saw that you overcome. It's like, man, look at that mountain. I came over the top of that, and I'm on the other side. And now I'm ready for the next mountain that's going to be before me. So it's your victories as well as your struggles, right? It needs to represent both. But a lot of times when people say, man, i got to get over this mountain, or I'm going around this mountain, that's really addressed with a negative connotation, right? So I actually tell the kids, hey, consequences aren't just bad. They're positive too because a consequence is the result of something happening, right? So a mountain for us is not only what? A result of something happening. And if we allow God to be in and we're still, we get still with him, guess what? I bet you that our triumphs are going to come a lot quicker and our, we're going to be able to overcome our trials if we allow him to come alongside of us, which is awesome. So it says the waters roar and foam. That's kind of like just sitting and feeling overwhelmed, like the life is taking me 
over the edge, right? I'm just, I'm overflowing with something and it's not what he wants me to overflow with. Maybe it's anxiety, maybe it's depression, maybe it's fear, maybe it's, I don't even know what it is. Maybe it's a lack of finance. Uh, maybe it's, you know, trouble with your children. Maybe it's trouble in your marriage. Maybe it's trouble in your relationship with a friend, whatever it is. But life can become overwhelming, right? Anybody with me there? I was, I was there today when, it was, when I was sweating bullets and it was hot. And I was like, man, this is really overwhelming, right, Miss Denise? She was there with me. So we can be overwhelmed with life and maybe feel like we can't even take a breath. Has anybody ever felt like, like almost like your breath is being strangled out of you? Drowning in disappointment and heartbreak. That's not what God wants for you, Right? He wants you to be overwhelmed with his presence. He wants you to be overflowing or overwhelmed with what he says about you, not with what he doesn't say about you, right? That's, that's so important. And when things flood in your mind that are not what God thinks of you, you need to be still enough that you can silence them before they get hold so then you have to deal with them a little bit more. We want to deal with them at the beginning, right? And the stiller we can be and the stiller we can walk, and I'll kind of talk about that, then the easier that is to achieve, Okay. So it says, mountains quake. These are moments that we can't stand on our own two feet, and we don't have the strength to even steady ourselves kind of like up above we were talking about, meaning that it's kind of, it's a cycle sometimes. We like, we can't stand, then we can stand, then we can't stand, and then we can stand, and then we can't stand, and we can't stand. You know what that is? That's the absence of stillness for me. I don't know if I'm talking to anybody else, but that's the absence of stillness for me when I get quaky. So this sounds a lot like life today, doesn't it, right? Up and down, up and down, back and forth. But in the verse, it said, Selah, which means to pause, to pause in his refuge and his strength, to turn from distractions and into his presence, right? That's, uh, for me, his presence is the opposite of distractions for me, and that's where I have to go when I'm overwhelmed with those. So his grace and his purpose and his presence is what I need to seek in his refuge, okay? It says, a river whose streams make glad the city of God where the Most High dwells. Ooh, we need to connect to him and we need to be in community like we are tonight. This is so important because you know what I find is when I'm with people and I'm not still, some of the things that come out of their mouth remind me that I'm not still. Woo, Ginger, are you hearing what they're saying? My spirit says to me, because that sounds like what you should have said the other day or what you should have said to yourself last night or what you should have said to yourself five minutes ago, right? For sure. So definitely... Look at the community you keep around you. It's also important to know, right, who may labor among you. So we need to build relationships, and we need to make connections, and not with just those people that are familiar to us, but those people that aren't familiar with us as well, right? Absolutely. So then it says, um, God is within her. She will not fail. God will help her at break of day. So the her he's referring to is Israel, because this is actually a response out of 2 Kings. And King Hezekiah has just had this horrible battle with the Assyrian army, which those people are just, like, ruthless. Okay? But that's kind of the, he's, that's the her that he's referring to. But the psalmist was referring to Israel. But I want you to take a moment, and we're going to read it as if it's applying to us. Okay? I want you to think about it applying to you. So say, God is within me. I will not fail. God will help me at break of day. You know what that means? That means every day. That means every morning. When you're morning, when you wake up, you already have a host of responsibilities, right? Before, you even, before your eyelids are even totally open, right? Or things are flooding in your mind about what you got to do, right? So he's right there in that moment. Right there. And he really wants you to say, Selah, pause for just a minute. Delight in me and what I think of you, right? There'll be plenty of the day for you to do. But just take a moment. Please take a moment.
Then it says, he lifts his voice and the earth melts. Oof, I love that. He makes war cease. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. God is for us in the midst of our calm, in the midst of our chaos, in the midst of our trial, in the midst of our triumph. He's even in the midst of our just kind of plain old nothing really going on time, right? He's there too. This, and th what this tells me right here, the earth melts, is that no weapon will form against me. That's what that says to me when it says the earth will melt. You know what? That's right. No matter what's coming against me, God has the capacity to melt it away. Woo! And I want him to melt it all away, right? I think that's awesome. So verse 10, be still and know that I am God. That's it, ladies and gentlemen, right there. That's your part. That is your portion right there, right there. Be still comes from the Hebrew word rapha, which means to let go, to weaken. Oof, we don't really like to be weak or admit it, right? To surrender. Sometimes that's hard to do when we're holding on so tight, white knuckled, right? And then it also is to cause yourself just to let go. Just let go. And that's one of the first things you have to do if you're going to be still before the Lord, is you have to let go of yourself. You got to let go of what happened that day. You got to let go of what you think is going to happen tomorrow. You have to let go of what should have happened yesterday that didn't, whatever it is, right? You have to let go of those things. And know, which means to be aware of through observation. So be still, right? So we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna be weak. We're going to let go. And then I'm going to be aware through observation. What that means is we're going to know because of seeing him move in our life. We're going to know because we're experiencing him. And why are we able to do that? Because we are getting still, right? Getting still. And then the last, it closes off with, I will be exalted in the earth. And this is the result of you getting still, him being exalted and him being glorified. And if we're really honest, isn't that what it boils down to? Isn't that our purpose here on earth? Doing whatever he's called us to do, but ultimately why? I'm called to do what I'm called to do to bring glory to him, right? I'm called to do what I'm called to do so that kids back there know who Jesus is, right? They have their little jam sessions, Jesus and me moments, right? That's my jam, Jesus and me. You like that? So we all need to have a jam, right? Um, but that's our purpose. Our purpose is to bring glory to him. And we will bring far more glory to him if we can just get to know him, right? Not hear about him on Sunday, not hear about him on Wednesday, not hear about him on Caleb, when the pastors come and pray or give the little word of encouragement. Those are great. That's all great. And that, that definitely does, it's a pick-me-up, right? It's a pep. It's sort of like that Snickers bar that I need in the middle of the day. That's what those are, right? But that's not what's to sustain us. That's not the meat and the potatoes, right? That's not, the, that's, not the, that's not what we're supposed to be relying on, right? That's just going to take us through. So isn't that, just that verse alone, isn't that awesome? I mean, could you not just walk your life through right there? saying, Lord, this is what you have for me. That's so cool. So now that we've unpacked that, we're going to talk about a few reasons why, if it's so awesome to get still, and it has so many benefits, why don't we do it? Why is it so hard then, if it's so awesome, right? There are a lot of reasons, a ton of reasons, and I only have a few here because these are maybe the ones that I struggle with or that people come to me and say, well, I just can't. I just know what he's saying to me because of da 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 right? So it could be because we don't know how to even get still. We don't even know where to start. How do, we, how do I silence myself? How do I silence the word? How do I silence what the enemy's been telling me about myself? How do I do that? What does that look like? What does it sound like? You're gonna find out what it sounds like by going to the word. I'll be really honest with you. Look up some of the promises that he has for you, right? We can start with, hey, you know what? These words that I'm believing that aren't for me, that, that's, like a, that's a weapon that the enemy is using against me. And you know what, what did it say? No weapon. It doesn't say that it won't form. It's going to form. 
But what it says is it's not going to prosper. In other words, it's not going to mean anything, okay? It's not going to get any ground. It's not going to get any traction. And that's what we don't want it to have, okay? Maybe it's because it's difficult um, because we just don't allow ourselves the permission. Mm. Sometimes I'm a little bit permission-driven. You know, I want permission to get still, right? So in our day-to-day lives or at the break of day, which is filled, as I said, with responsibilities as the eyelids rise, right? We don't give ourselves permission to be still. We just don't. We're not trained to do it either, if we're really honest. Our culture does not train us to be still. It doesn't encourage us to be still. A lot of times when you're still, has anybody ever been told they're lazy? Or you're just going to lay around all day? That's kind of lazy. I mean, not really lay around all day, but you know what I'm saying. You're upstairs being quiet or whatever. Somebody could say, well, I need you to do this. You know, come on down here. Get off your, get off your tuchus, right? I can say tuchus, right? That's a better choice, right? Okay. So, <laughs> um, but they could, someone could think that you're actually being lazy. But guess what? That would be a weapon, right? Because that would not be true. That wouldn't be a truth about what you're doing. It would be about the choice that you're making to spend time with God. So you can't let those things flood in, right? So we, have to, we are, haven't been trained. We haven't been encouraged. Therefore, we haven't practiced, have we? I don't know about you, but if, you get, if I walked over here, I mean, he, like the guitar. He does an amazing job on the keys and the guitar, right? Give it up for Franco. Isn't he awesome? Right? Yes. Thank you. But if I walked over there, guess what? It would be a hot mess, and you guys would go out the door and think, I am never coming back to worship there again, right? Because it would sound horrible. Why? Because I've never practiced, right? It, it wouldn't work. But if I gave Franco a hot glue gun and the craft before me, I bet mine would look better than his. Why? Because I practiced. Maybe it wouldn't. I don't know. Maybe you're a crafty guy. But I'm just saying. The comparison is back there, there's a lot of crafting going on. And I'm good at that because I practice it all the time. But I don't practice anything up here. I love to encourage them. I love to be a cheerleader for worship because I love worship. Because guess what? Worship is where we become warriors. That's just it right there. So we have to <laughs> practice. Practice makes perfect, and this is no exception. Like playing an instrument or cooking or dancing, being still is a skill. It's a skill. Haven't thought about it like that before, have you? It's a skill. And we have to choose. We have to choose it. We have to cultivate it. And we have to practice it so we can flow in it, okay? doesn't matter. We have to do it in the calm and in the chaos. It does not matter. But the one thing that we really have to do is we have to desire it. And if we desire it, it's because we desire to be in his presence. And that's really the root of getting still, is the desire of getting into his presence, okay? So I'm going to give you a few examples in scripture outside of Psalms 46. So... The first is that we're going to talk about how God wants to spend time with each and every one of you, right? I had this little, this image, and sometimes when I, God gives me (laughs) pictures, he gives them to me in cartoon. It's kind of funny. Uh, Maybe it's the kid, the kid relationship I have. I don't know. But he was, I was saying, Lord, you can hear everybody at one time. I remember thinking that that was just such an amazing thing. And I had my eyes closed, and I'm like, what does that look like for you, Lord? What does it look like for you to have an ear for every single person No matter how many are talking or how many aren't talking, what does that look like? And what I saw was this massive head. It wasn't creepy, but it was this massive head, and it had ears all over it. And he says, I have an ear for everyone. And I was like, yes, I can see that you do. Thank you for that. (laughs) So he does. Don't ever think that he does not have time for you or that he doesn't have an ear for you because he does. He does. And if I could draw, I'm crafty, but I can't draw. I think that that would be a pretty, pretty cool picture. 
So I'm going to take you to Luke 10, 38 through 42. You don't have to go there. But Martha is working hard to welcome Jesus into her home, right? So excited. And her sister Mary is simply sitting at his feet listening once he enters. So we got the doer and the delighter, right? That's what we have right there. In this moment, Mary understood, though, something, something that Martha didn't. Mary understood the priority and the necessity of choosing to abide with Jesus, to abide, to be still, right? To be set apart, to be still in his presence, seeking his presence. Martha chose, was choosing to be busy. That's what she was choosing. She was choosing to be busy. Both were acts of service. They both were. But Mary's act was serving her a little bit more than Martha's was serving her, right? She was more task-driven than presence-driven, right? Both are serving, but in this moment, Mary was choosing to be still. So I'll tell you a quick little side note here. Um, so there's, a, there's someone that was very close to me, and when she was discovering what being still was for her, uh, she decided that she would take her Bible, and she'd take her pillow, and she'd take her blanket, and she would go somewhere that nobody else would go with her, the bathtub. That was her quiet place. That's where she would go and get still with the Lord. And I just thought that that was the coolest thing because I was an adult when I was learning about getting still before the Lord because I didn't grow up in church at all. I mean, we went to a few funerals and a couple weddings, and that was the extent of my time in church as a child. So it was sort of the high and the low, if you will. Um, But I didn't know. No one had ever talked about being still. I had no idea. So I was like, oh, how precious is that? And isn't that the truth? I mean, there aren't too many people that go in the shower with you or the bathtub with you. So I thought, well, that was a very appropriate place for that to happen. So the next thing is God wants to know, wants you to know him, right? He wants you to know him. And you know what happens? Then you get to know yourself. Because who knows you better than anybody? God, right? The Holy Spirit knows you better. In 1 Samuel 3, Samuel's sleeping, right? And he hears, Samuel, Samuel. And he runs to Eli because that's who he's, that's who he's living with, right? That's his roomie. He goes to Eli and he says, here I am. And Eli says, why are you here? I didn't call you. And he goes, go back to bed. He goes, but you did call me. No, I didn't. Sends him off. This happens a couple more times. Samuel, Samuel. He comes running again. He goes, I did not call you. Go back to bed. So he goes back again. And then Eli realizes, oh my gosh, the Lord is calling out to him. He's quiet. He's still. The Lord is crying out to him or calling out to him. So Samuel comes back again. He goes, I didn't call you. And he says, but when the next time it happens, say this, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So it's one thing to get still. It's one thing to be still. But if you're not willing to listen, you're not going to get anything from it, right? So it's, it's a lot of, lot of layers to this. It's kind of a little bit like an onion, but it smells awesome, okay? It's not it's smelly like an onion, right? So this is the moment that the word of the Lord was revealed to Samuel when he was still, his journey of cultivating to prepare or work on, okay? Being still and hearing God was revealed to him right there in that moment. So I'll take you back to the first time that I got still with the Lord. Actually, um, Pastor Barb's mom, Pastor Gloria, uh, had an altar call at a women's event here, and I just came up. It was sort of like, kind of everybody was kind of up here, so I kind of joined the party. And Pastor Gloria is ministering to the people, and she walks by me, and then she comes back to me, and she says, you have unforgiveness in your heart, and it's stealing your joy. And I'm like, whoa, like, okay, wow, do I really? Then I, so the whole time, like, Lord, I have unforgiveness in my heart. Okay, Lord, you have to show it to me because I, I don't know what it is. But I believe what Pastor Gloria said because it was like she walked by me and she was drawn back. How many know when someone is provoked like that, you need to, 
you need to get still and you need to say la. You need to pause right there in that moment. And I'm like, okay, Lord, search my heart. I don't know who it is. So he showed me the same three faces three separate times. Okay, it was two women and a man. The man was my dad. So I said, okay, Lord, I can't see my dad because he's already with you. Thank you, Lord. He's with you. So I, I can't really have you put him before me. Because for me, if someone has hurt me or I'm upset with somebody, I know whether I'm really over it and I have forgiven them and I've worked past it. If I can see them again and that isn't provoked in me, right? I don't have that sick feeling or that nervous feeling or that anxious feeling, right? So I'm like, okay, Lord, put these two women in front of me, please. So I'm not kidding. I mean, I said it. I, I prayed it after that event, which was on a Saturday morning. So uh, it was Monday. I'm walking through Costco, minding my own business, living my life. And here comes this woman, one of those women. And I'm like, whoa, Lord, you are like so timely. That's really fast. Thank you. And I saw her. We caught, I'm like, I've got to catch her eye. I have to really, I have to really know that she's looking at me and I'm looking at her. Like we're really dealing with this thing. And nothing I mean, we actually looked at each other. We said, oh, my gosh, it's so good to see you. Hope you're well, blah, blah, blah. Had a few niceties, and off we went. Provoked nothing. I was sad that the relationship was gone, but I wasn't, I, I wasn't harboring anything, okay, which was great, right? So then um, flash forward to, two, to Thursday. I'm in the dentist getting my filling replaced, so I'm all dammed up. I can't say a thing. You know, they got that big rubber dam in my mouth. And I hear this, oh, it's so nice to see you, Dr. Allen. I'm like, oh, that's the other woman. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, that's her. Okay, Lord, I'm going to check my heart. Nope, I don't really feel anything. She's still not a super kind person, but that's not about me. That's about her. I'm good. So then I arrived at it was my dad. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, Lord, it's my dad. What am I harboring? I'm harboring unforgiveness for my dad? And he took me back to a moment. So my dad died in August. My best friend got married in October. In fact, on the, sev uh, the 7th, it'll be a whole lot of years that my dad passed away. Um, so he took me back to that moment where I'm standing with my Friends, flowers, she's getting married, and I'm up there, and she's coming down the aisle, and she looks beautiful, and I look at her dad, Big Al, that's what we called him, and I felt this overwhelming anger rising up inside of me, and I was so angry, and I was so hurt, and in that moment, I realized as the Lord was taking me back this moment, what I was harboring the unforgiveness for is because I was angry that he left me, and that I was never going to have that moment with him, but when that happened, and that rage, it was almost, it, was like, it actually reached a point where it was pretty rageful. I'm having a smile on my face, right? Because I have to, because this is her wedding day. This is not about me, even though right then it sure did feel like it. I had to stuff that away. And this is, you know, before Jesus. So we took care of it in a different way later that night. So I didn't really have to think about it. And that was it. And I really honestly never really thought much more about it until Pastor Gloria said that to me. And then... The Lord, I had those three people, and then the Lord canceled out the other two that it could have been and showed me who it was. And with the, um, just the kindest, most gentle spirit, and with the greatest compassion probably anybody's ever spoken to me with, he said, but I haven't abandoned you, and I never left you, and I'll be with you on that day. And I was like, wow, thank you, Jesus. And then I could release my dad, which, was, was, which is something I didn't even know I was carrying. So I just want you to think about it for a minute. How many times did the enemy use that against me without me even knowing because I wasn't even aware of what I was harboring? That's why it's so important to be still. He can search your heart in those still times. And there's things in there you don't even know were there. I didn't even know that it was there. And it had been, I think, 13 years since my dad had died. Then it's so much further now. I, I mean, I've been, my dad's been gone more than he was with me. I mean, to give you an idea. So it can really 
oof, it can really take a toll on you, right? And I know that I'm, never, I'm not alone. And that is such a, such a precious thing, right? And lastly, God wants to be with you through triumphs and trials, your experiences, okay? In Exodus 14, Moses is speaking to the Israelites, and they're saying, Moses, like I should have just stayed with the Egyptians, and we're going to just die out here in the desert instead. I mean, one, one bondage for another bondage. They were kind of squawking. They're complaining, right? And Moses told them to not be afraid because the Lord would fight for them. Verse 14, the Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. Crazy that a thought that a battle could be won in the middle of our stillness, right? But honestly, if we're really honest, sometimes that's where our greatest victories are, right? Greatest victories can be there. Moses challenged the Israelites to practice being still. So we got to choose it, we got to cultivate it, and we got to practice it. Okay? Believing for someone to come to know Jesus as their Lord and Savior is probably one of the hardest things to practice that you love deeply, right? Maybe it's a prodigal son or daughter. Maybe it's a parent. Maybe it's your best friend. I don't know. But I find that that is, that is really somewhere I have to be still. Believing and contending for them. You have to sit, right? You got to sit there. You got to stand for them. You got to contend for them. And then you have to believe. And then you got to repeat it all over again, trusting that that's going to happen for them. And if there's anything that you do, practice that. Practice believing and contending for anyone and everyone that doesn't know him in your still time. If you don't know what to, what to spend your still time doing, spend your still time thinking about those thousand delight. Right? Think about that. So, and then the pantry. I'll go, just go, well, I'll tell you, the pantry sure has taught me to practice a whole lot of stillness. Let me just tell you. Didn't really want to do the pantry, but the Lord took it to my, brought it to my husband. And then the Lord dealt with my heart, and he goes, you're going to do the pantry. And I'm like, really? Like, I don't really see it for myself. I'm living my best life right now. This is awesome. And I just, uh, no, I'm not really feeling it. I didn't even do fast food when I was a kid. Why am I going to jump into food now? thought I skated through that whole thing, right? Because everybody, most kids do something food-related, right, as they're coming through. Nope, never did it. Grateful for it. And uh, he says, well, guess what? I know you don't want to, but it's what I'm requiring of you, of you and you're going to say yes, right? You're going to say yes. And I'm like, hey, he hasn't said yes. Matt had not said yes yet. So I was like, maybe, I'm, maybe this is just a check in the heart. Maybe it's just, will I say yes? But I don't have to say yes, really. Maybe it's just a practice, and can I say the word yes, right? So, but then, of course, we all know the story. The Lord dealt with his heart, and supernatural things started to happen. And that's what I said in my still time. I'm like, okay, Lord, look, if this is what you got for us, you need to give us the plan. Because I don't know the first thing about where to get food, how to keep the food. I don't, I don't know anything. I don't know how to get it out that we have the food. I don't know anything. You got to give us the plan. And I'll be really honest with you, I never really got a plan like on paper like I have right here. But God just supernaturally started, I mean, we got our 501c3 was incorporated, and that was paid for. Food started just coming. Oh, I hear that you're going to be distributing food, and I have some food. Can I bring it to you? And I'm like, this is, like, so bizarre. Like, what? this does not happen normally, right? So that is definitely in the still time. That is where the Lord told me, you don't want to, but you're going to say yes, and this is why. And don't worry, because guess what? Trust in me. Don't lean on your own understanding, because I know right now you don't have any, and that's okay, right? Sounds simple, right? All this sounds pretty simple. Makes sense. But simple isn't easy always, right? So letting go of our to-do list is super hard. So hard. It's hard to not be Martha, right? 
Oh, because guess what? Everybody sees you being Martha, and they're like, yeah, she's so awesome. She's got such great capacity. Look what she can do. Man, I wish I had her energy. I mean, all those things, right? Those are great to hear, right? Nobody wants to hear, man, she just sits alone all the time with the, you know, with the, with the journal. I don't know what she's writing. What is she doing over there all the time, right? But both of them are in service to him, aren't they, right? Letting go of what you think of, what we think of ourselves as challenging. It's so hard because for a long time, that's been our truth, right? Until we know really what the truth is about us, right? Letting go and getting in the presence of God and listening to what he thinks and says about you can be overwhelming and that's okay. Let it shower over you. Be overwhelmed with what he says about you, right? Not what he doesn't. We have to surrender. We have to let go. We have to relinquish control. And that's hard for most of us, I would say. And trust God, right? I think trusting God is sometimes easier than relinquishing the control, right? So being still for me is having my attention on God instead of God having to get my attention, right? So my goal has been to cultivate, right, a place where I can just walk with a little stillness all the time so that when the Lord needs to speak to me, he has one one of, I have two ears, he has a ton of them, I have two, so hopefully he always has one of them, right? That, that, that I, he can reach me just at the drop of a hat, a snap of a finger, right? That he can reach me. And I, that's, that's, my, that's my desire is to walk in stillness. Not just getting still or having a place like the bathtub where I can go get still or riding in the car, which is a lot of time, a lot of conversation with God because a lot of time I'm alone in traffic, you know, traffic's traffic. So um, that's a lot of time where, where I spend time with God. But you have to always have a stillness. If you can do that, then you, you'll catch so many things that he has for you. You'll be so much more aware of things. Being still for me is that. That's what it is. Have him having my attention and not having to get it. Mm. Being still means to listen. Listen when he, you give him your attention. you got to listen. Listen so that you know what he has for you is for you. Right? Because sometimes he can just, you can hear something, and it's a little bit of a mixture, right? It's a little bit of me. It's a little bit of Jesus, right? A little bit of the Holy Spirit, but you need to listen closely so you can know that you are hearing what it is that he has for you is for you. Is it aligning up with the promise God gave you? Is it maybe speaking, answering a prophetic word somebody gave you? Is it, oh my gosh, look at this journal that I did three weeks ago. This is that right here, right here in this moment. This, it's arrived. That's so cool when that happens, right? Being still means trusting that you won't miss anything. You think God's going to let you miss something? No, he's actually such a great God that when you do miss something, he brings you back around, right? He's that kind of God. So he, if you're still, he's not going to let you miss anything. Absolutely not. It will never set you back. It's only going to propel you forward, right? That's what it's going to do. It holds the potential to propel you, propel you forward into greater things than even Jesus did because that's, that's what the word tells us, right? Being still doesn't mean an action, though, okay? So a lot of people think, oh, that means I don't have to do anything. If I just sit with the Lord, spend my time. No, that's not what it means. What it means is that you, have to, you, you need to get still, and that's inactive, but then you have to cultivate it. So what is cultivating looking like, right? What does that mean? Trusting and talking to God, right? It means identifying in Christ, who, who Christ is. It means, um, let's see, how about looking for examples, like those three examples I gave you in the Word, and how about learning everything you can from that time and then acting upon it. That's that's taking inaction to action, right? And being still is just that, right? 
So it begins with being silent and examining our heart before the Lord and with him, right? Not just before him. Don't just you confess the things that you think are in your heart. Like for me, if I had just gone and done that, I may have never discovered the unforgiveness that I was carrying around for my dad. I would have never done that if I hadn't allowed him to search my heart, right? That's really important. Being still begins with entering his presence and a place of intimacy with him, into me see. I'm sure probably most of you have heard that. The word intimacy, into me see. Lord, search my heart. Give me revelation. Reveal your truth to me so that I can be everything that you need me to be for you because I'm called to glorify you, not glorify myself or glorify my husband or glorify my kids or even my family name or my career. I'm called to glorify you first and foremost, right? So Psalms 23, 2 through 3 says, He makes me lie down in green pastures, and he leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. He wants to lead us to a place of silence. He really does. A place, because in that silence, we can find trust. We can find confidence. We can find a reliance on him. And we can find a focus on him. Absent of distractions. He will do all of this for you in still waters right? A place with no visible current or movement. And what that said to me is that means there's no distractions there when I'm still with him in those still waters. God isn't always found in the hustle and bustle and the chaos, although he needs to be because that's where we are. So he's got to be there, right? But we're really going to get a whole lot of meat when we have our merry moments, right? Martha, takes, Martha puts into action those things that he speaks to us. But if we can't be merry, we're never going to know what Martha's supposed to do. And it's a balance. We have to be able to be both, right? I was trying to think of like two men, male names, right? Like Martha, Mary. I was like Mark and I don't know. I couldn't think of another one. So Mark and his sidekick, I don't know. But so in the chaos of life, we have to find our way to get ourselves still, our spirit quiet, right? To connect to God, to reach his presence so that we can possess his power, right? That he wants for us. Our natural bodies find rest when we're sleeping, right? Which is awesome. But when does our spirit find rest? When we're still. Right there, when we're still. Because what does it say? He's our refuge and our strength. We'll go back to the very beginning. So he protects us and he strengthens us, right? I am still and knowing that God is uh, God when I give myself permission, when I choose to, okay? I create the opportunity for my spirit to seek and be still in his presence with a heart posture, that's our heart, to listen and receive what he has for me over whatever, whatever it may be, whether it's uh, an answer to a question I gave him, maybe it is a word of knowledge, maybe it's a correction, you know, because he does correct us in that still time, be ready, okay? Um, maybe it's a new assignment. But that, that all happens cultivating that being still time, right? For me, it, I told you it happens when I sleep and when I drive. Those are like my two, my two things, right? So I recently was, actually, July, I traveled a lot. Like, sometimes I'm like, oh, I don't ever really go anywhere. And then it's like, July, I was like everywhere. So I was away at, uh, at an event and that was closing out. And there was just this amazing, amazing man speaking. And it was just really powerful. But I was kind of sitting there and I really wasn't connecting. I'm like, okay, Lord, like I see all these people getting touched. And this is awesome. And I can see, you, I mean, it's almost like you could see them being touched. It was so cool. But I just was like, I'm not, Lord, help me. Because right, I had, he had one of my ears, right? I'm like, Lord, I'm not getting it. And he says, just watch. Just watch. 
And so I watched, and I'm like, man, this is really cool. So I went to bed that night after we were all done, and I, as I'm going to sleep, I'm like, okay, Lord, you know, it was an awesome day. I'm really tired, and maybe it was because I was just so tired that I didn't connect to that last speaker. I really don't know. But, you know, when I agreed to go, you told me that I would find rest in your work. And guess what? I don't feel very rested right now. I'm exhausted. And actually, as I'm sitting here talking to you, I'm kind of getting irritated that I'm so tired. I should not be this tired because you said that I would find rest in your work. And I nodded off to sleep. And I wake up to, I not really wake up, but in, in my dream, he says, I didn't say that you would find rest in my work. I said that you would find my work in your rest. Are you ready? And then he laid out this whole new season that he's got for me. And I was like, whoa, I am so sorry. I I repent, I did mishear you, I must not have been still enough because I heard you wrong. Mm, always check your heart, you never know, right? So it was, I was gonna find his work in my rest, not rest in his, the work I was doing for him, right? Oof. So, and I really was like, I, don't, I just wanna go and not do anything. That's really what I, I don't want to go. I just, I just want to go. I want to enjoy it, right? I just want to, I don't want to have a job. I don't want to have an agenda. I just want to, I just want to go and experience it, right? And I didn't have, the Lord didn't tell me, yeah, do that. You go. You've got permission. He did not say anything when I said that. It was silence. It was like crickets. And I'm like, okay. So then I went to some trusted people, not to mention any names, Miss Denise, Elder Debbie, Elder Denise, Elder Debbie, Pastor Barb, my mother-in-law, a few other people. And I'm like, even my husband, I'm like, hey, you know, I just, I think I just really want to go and just experience it. And they're like, oh, you know, maybe that's what he asked for you. But you know what? I, I'll pray about it for you. And I'm like, there, no one's giving, no one's jumping on my agree with ginger bandwagon here that I can just go and sit and not do anything. And now I know why. Because I, I, I finally said, okay, Lord, I'm going to say yes to you. If, ooh, right, yeah. I know I said the if, I know I said the if, right? I said, Lord, if this is what you want from me, I need you to give me a confirmation that this is what you're requiring of me. So this is what I, this is what I ask of you. I want you to provoke the word of knowledge in me so that if I am in that situation and I'm called to pray over somebody, I'm going to be able to give them a word of knowledge that is they're going to connect to as their truth that no one can steal from them. That's what I want right? I want, I want to be able to do that. That's what, for you, I want to be able to do that. So long story short, I'll just tell you about Fred. Um, I was walking out of Winco, and there's this poor gentleman struggling to get in his car. It looked like he was living in his car. I don't know if he really was, but I think he might have been. So, and I said, sir, can I help you put your stuff in? And he goes, sure. So he's chatting with me, and I'm helping him put his stuff in, and he actually wanted, oh, here, take a pineapple. No, I don't need a pineapple. No, I have to give you something. Oh, okay, thanks, I'll take the pineapple. So, and, and off I go, and I walk away, and he, and the Holy Spirit says, aren't you going to pray for Fred? And I'm like, I don't know his name is Fred. No, I'm not going to go back and say, hey, Fred, can I pray for you? Like, what if I'm wrong? How embarrassing, right? Like, I'm, that, that means I missed you. And I'm walking, having this whole conversation, right? See, we, we, even we, even those of us <laughs> that have been walking with the Lord for a long time still have those conversations. Like, really, Lord? Really? Is, I don't even know his name is Fred. And so I get back to my car. I literally put my groceries in my car. I turn my car on. The air is getting cold. And he says, you're really not going to go pray for Fred? I go, for pity's sakes. Turn off the car. Get out. Walk back. And I go, Fred better be here. And so I walk back. And lo and behold, Fred is hardly in the car yet. Poor little guy. And uh, I should have probably not put his groceries in the car. I probably should have helped him in the car. That probably would have been more of a service, right? Then my Martha moment there. So I went back and I said, sir, I I'm sorry to disturb you, but you know, I didn't introduce myself. My name's Ginger. And then guess what bubbled out of my mouth? Your name wouldn't be Fred, would it? And I'm like, what are you saying? 
And he says, oh, he goes, well, actually, my name's Alfred, but my friends call me Fred. And I was like, well, you don't say. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. And I was like, well, there it is. I asked for a word of knowledge, and there is no way I knew that man's name was Fred, let me tell you. And I walked back to my car. I prayed with him, and what's really funny is he was having this struggle with this woman, and he wasn't sure what to do. Should he sever the relationship and the communication, or should he continue it? He said his friends were telling him to sever it, and he's going back and forth. And I said, well, you know what it sounds like to me? That your friends are giving you good counsel, and they know you much better than I do. I mean, I just met you in the parking lot. And I said, so, you know, I think that you should really listen to your friends. I know you really well. And he's like, you know what's really crazy? I go, no. Any crazier than me knowing your name is Fred? No, I don't know what's crazier than that. And he says, her name is Ginger. The woman that I'm talking about is Ginger. And I was like, really? And I'm like, if that wasn't a word of knowledge for me, right? <laughs> and I said, well, I said, I'm just going to tell you this. The Ginger here that I think is for you thinks that maybe you should heed the advice of your friends and you should sever the relationship with the ginger that doesn't seem to be for you. And he's like, you know what? I think you're right. I'm going to call her right now. And I said, well, you have a great day. <laughs> and off I go. <laughs> and I don't know if I, honestly, I don't even know if Fred was really Fred. I mean, I think it could have been just an, a test for me. Would I go back and would I pray? And I did go back and I prayed. And then there were a couple other little moments that the Lord gave me some words of knowledge and it was pretty awesome. So then I'm like, okay, Lord. I have to say yes, because you, I asked for something that I thought I needed to give you the yes, and you're like, hey, I'm all in this for you. I want you to do this for me, so I'm going to give you what you think you need, even though I'm enough, right? Yeah. So that, that I went and I did, I said yes, and uh, so not, I got wrecked by the Holy Spirit in my sleep that night about the rest in your work and the work in your rest, and then I had a second little uh, vision after that, and it was of um, one of the leaders of that event, and she's walking through this room of all these people, and she takes me by the hand, and she says, why did it take you so long to give us a yes, and she went and sat um, like on a counter, like you know how your mom would sit on a counter and pull you in front of you when you're a little girl, kind of like that, and she goes, so why did it take you so long to say yes, and I said, oh, I kind of, it's okay, we'll wait, I'm like, oh, okay, <laughs> This is great. Like, I have to have an answer, right? And I'm like, okay, uh, I'm waiting too. <laughs> you know, like, okay, this is great. And then what bubbled out of me was, because the enemy wants you to believe that your knowledge of the word doesn't match your love for him. Mm. And I was like, yeah, that would have been it right there. Right? But the only person that gains from that is the enemy, right? That's the only thing that gains from me having that thought. And I know that that's not true. My love is great for him. And you know, my word of knowledge always can increase. This is, I'm never going to know it all. There's no way I could ever know it all. And you know what? I could read Psalms 46 in two years, and it could say something completely different to me. Why? Because I'm in a different season. So because the word is what? It's living. So to think that I'm ever going to know it all, ah, geez, that's pretty pretentious, isn't it? Right? That's not, not even. Can't even go there. So that was my, that was my being wrecked by the Holy Spirit night. That's what I call that, so. It was good. And then I, I, had, um, I wanted the Lord to show me his love for us because his love for you is so great. I mean, I wish we could just have an understanding of the depth and the intensity of his love for us. I mean, it is, it is not something that we even have the capacity to comprehend, right? So I don't have to have understanding for it. But I just have to have the ability, give myself as much ability as I can with my humanity to try to receive it as much as I can. So he gave me this dream, and I'm like, it looked like I'd like broken down on the side of the road, and all I can see is the dust in the headlights. And I remember I'm saying, Lord, I just, in this moment, I really need to know the depth of your love. 
And out from behind the guardrail, this huge, monstrous hand, which probably would have scared me any other time, came across. And it said, take my hand. And so I did, but it actually gripped my, like this, gripped my arm. So I was, we were like laced. And in that moment, I was so overwhelmed with the presence and the love of God. I was like, oh my God, I can't, I can't, I can't. Like I could not, I could not get myself around it. And he said, that's the love that I have for you. And that's the love that I require you to share. In the capacity that you can, in the moments that I give you, I need you to be that for those people that don't know me. And I was like, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. I was like sobbing. I think uh, Matt was like, were you crying in your sleep last night? Yeah, you all know the, ha the half of it, let me just tell you. So, but yes, yeah, so that's kind of, uh, that was a really awesome. So see, that's why I, I get so excited when he talks to me in my sleep. It's so vivid. That wasn't a cartoon though, but the ears were a cartoon picture, so. Um, but why don't we get still, right? It's the dis because we're afraid of disappointment, right? Don't, don't worry about being disappointed. Don't worry about missing anything. We all have distractions, right? We just have to not let them be the priority, right? We can feel, we, maybe we, we feel shame or we feel unworthy or we feel inadequate. We don't have the goods, but that's, none of those are the truth. Those are not, that's not what God says about any of us. And what happens when we get still is that we are intentional about setting time aside with him, right? You will become, we will become more aware of his presence everywhere we go everywhere we see, right, every thought we have, we'll become more aware of his presence in it, and you will start to notice him throughout your day, all, all over the place, and it's so cool when that happens, but it's going to help, it, you have to have one ear, right, that's still still, and it makes that so much easier, okay, when we surrender and enter his presence in a place of intimacy with God, we are like a rock, right, a little rock, it's not going to do a whole lot here, right, but does this rock have a lot of potential in it? It does, right? Because it's heavy, it's got weight. It's, and if it strikes something or it gets sent somewhere, it's going to do something, right? Absolutely, it does. So the first, our rock, we got to get still. And then we got to cultivate it, right? we got to listen. We've got to look for the examples. We've got to identify Christ. We have to trust and talk to him. And we have to get still first, right? Then when that happens, this rock is full of potential. We've cultivated it, right? No longer is it just still. It's, not mo it's motionless still, but it's not empty. It's full of potential, his potential. And then if you cast it in like water, what happens? You get a ripple, right? And that's awesome. And how more, the more time you send still with him, the greater the ripple, right? Because the heavier rock is gonna be just saturated with your intimate moments with him, right? And with the things that he's spoken over you and the passion that he's given you and the call that he's given you and the assignments that he's given you, right? And then out of that ripple becomes a wake right? Awake in the water. And a ripple can, goes on for a long time before the water becomes still again, right? It just keeps going and going. That's what we're supposed to be. We're supposed to be willing to be the rock so that we can create the ripple for him so that his weight can touch all those people that need to be touched that are without, those people are out of my grasp, right? Those people at the end of that wake are out of my grasp, but my stillness and the ripple that I allow him to do, right? That puts those people within his reach. And that's really the reach it needs to be in. Not mine. It needs to be in his reach, right? So that for me is why there are rocks up here. So if you want to take a little rock, because I, you know, it's the, it's the takeaway person in me, I, you know, that's the children's ministry teacher thing in me, right? That I always like to have a little takeaway. So if you want to take a rock to remember that you have to be still, right? And you have to choose, cultivate, and practice. 
And then the wake that God has will be so much greater for his kingdom and ultimately will glorify him, which is what we're all called to do to begin with, right? So I'll give you a little acrostic poem. Are you guys ready? So still is surrender, talk and trust, identify who I am in Christ, look for examples, and then learn all that he has for you and act upon it. And that's what getting still can do for you because it is continually doing it for me every day, right? All right. So I want to make sure, thank you for indulging me tonight. That was awesome. And allowing me to share. So I'm looking around the room, and I I think I know most people, but I want to make sure if there's anybody in here that doesn't have a relationship with with the Lord, doesn't know, you know, what it is to be called to glorify him, then we want to acknowledge that. So if we can have everybody bow their head. I just want, if anybody, just look at me. If I can have you raise your hand so I know. If there's anybody that doesn't have that relationship and is desiring to step into that presence with him, I don't want to not give you that opportunity. Okay, it looks like everybody in here knows Jesus, which is awesome. So then what I'd like to do is if you want to come forward, and I'm going to pray prayer, prayer about getting still, maybe finding a new place. So if you want to come, if you feel led to come up and get a rock, then I'm going to pray over you. That would be awesome. And then we will be released. So um, Miss Danny's coming. You can get a rock later. That's awesome. Some of the kids painted crosses on. It's so sweet, right? And that your stillness is your stillness. doesn't have to look like mine. doesn't have to be in a bathtub. doesn't have to be in your sleep. doesn't have to be in a car. Wherever it is for you. All right? Wherever it is for you. All right. So we're going to pray. Father God, we just thank you for this time tonight, Father God. I hope, Father God, that they leave here understanding the stillness, Father God, that you desire to have with them. I thank you, Father God, that through the stillness, there can be a ripple, Father God, and then your wake can touch the ends of the earth, Father God. It certainly can touch Phoenix, Arizona, Father God, the city that we're called to, and we just thank you for the provoking, Father God, tonight in the spirits of these men and women, Lord, that they will come to you with a desire to be still, to find your presence, Father God, and keep that ear open, Lord, that they may be in constant communication with you, Father God, for you are a God that is for us. No weapon will, that is formed will prosper against us, Father God, because you are here in our stillness. We thank you that you're with us in still waters. We thank you that our understanding is not what is necessary, Father God, just our trust and reliance in you, Father God. Thank you for giving us the opportunity to seek that and have that, Father God, in your stillness. And we give you all the praise and all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen.